0: Wrestling Illustrated, a love letter to independent wrestling from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I am one of your hosts, PWI editor in chief Kevin McElvani, joined with joined as always by. we will eventually get this. <laughs> <laughs> Kaya is doing the pose. Kai McKenna. <laughs> I said your name so I can good witch, fine darling, conduit of karma. There we go.
1: And we get it at this point. I, I, I'm just the the goodest of witches. Like, there's, like, the goodest of poppers. I'm the goodest of witches.
0: Heckin' good witch.
1: The goodest of witches. Heckin' good witch. I'll take it. I'm totally okay with that moniker. Maybe I will add that to my hashtags on my social media. I'll be like, hashtag good witch.
0: Oh my god, you should Go right have, you should have, like, a shirt where it's, a, a, like, a, an illustrated version of you and uh, empress, and then, like... Oh, yes.
1: Sweet empress.
0: And then, like, heckin' good witch. Heckin' good
1: witch. Hecking good pupper.
0: There you go. Hecking, exactly. good,
1: hecking good familiar. Because Empress is my familiar. Yeah, a
0: that's a shirt design. We need to get some yes. more on that.
1: All right. Well, I am a graphic designer, so perhaps I could not be lazy and make my own merch. <laughs> <Fair laughs> I'll enough. add it to the list. Um, sure. but yeah, it's it's things are going great. So
0: yeah, how are how are you feeling? Because uh you you're back in the ring now. I mean, maybe not yes. as intensely as before, but you're 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 making your way back in.
1: I am, and I think that, you know, so many people have an injury, they get cleared, they're so um, they're so ready to get back in the ring that they just go straight back. But for me, I was like, all right, I have literally not been in a wrestling ring at all for seven months. Like, I was on a very strict, like, don't even smell it order from my doctor, and I listened. But because of that, I was like, look, I've already been out six months, What is it to take two more and really make sure that I'm moving well, everything's holding up, I I have my strength back, I have my conditioning back, and I'm not setting myself up for re-injury. And I'm so grateful that I was able to come out in black and brave and do that. Um, Obviously, my coaches have been extremely supportive, um, very happy to have me back, which is nice. And Merrick even extended me the opportunity to have a couple of matches on SCW Pro while I'm out here, which is the wrestling promotion that he runs that a lot of Mm -hmm. the students work. So it's been really nice to just kind of be with, like, my hope, my my family. Like, I know everybody says family and, like, oh, we're a wrestling family. We're family, blah, blah. But it's, like, out here we really, really, truly are. And my family has gone above and beyond to make sure that I am able to return to the ring better than ever. And I really do feel like I'm better. And it's crazy because, like, why would wrestling for seven months make you better? Not wrestling for that? Ah, words. Why? Would not wrestling for seven months actually make you a better performer? It makes zero sense, but I do feel like I just have a whole new take on it and I feel so revitalized and, and ready. I'm ready to continue this comeback tour.
0: That's awesome. Some much needed rest and perspective. Yes. And now you're getting ready Always to go. Always a great
1: time for yourself. Like if you're a wrestler and you're out there and you're injured, don't rush it. You know, build some time in to get back in the ring and get back to um, baseline before you start taking your bookings. You will definitely be grateful. That's just my advice to you as someone who worked through a very very long, rigorous
0: ruling injury. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're not a wrestler, maybe, you know, lesson to not burn the candle at uh, both ends for too long.
1: Bingo. Soft <laughs> love.
0: All right. Well, we got a cool episode coming up today. You mentioned that you traveled uh, not quite halfway across the country, but a distance so that you could go and get ready to get back. In the ring, and today we're going to talk to a couple of people who grew up in a very different part of the country. This episode is focused on Alaska, and specifically two wrestlers who are well two, two wrestlers who are going to be at the Wrestle Pro events in Alaska this weekend. Would you like to introduce our first guest, who uh, some folks may know from uh, a promotion in uh, well the Ohio Valley?
1: Our first guest is Freya Veslea, Alaskan native, but moved down to the, as we learned, the lower 48 to make her mark at OBW and is just totally dominating and taking over. It was really, really nice to speak with her. So hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. Freya, it's so incredible to have you here on the podcast today speaking with us. And you mentioned in our little pre-show interview that you're actually getting ready to go back up to Alaska for two shows. Are you excited?
2: I'm so excited. Um, whenever we go up and do those shows, it's awesome because there's so little wrestling in Alaska that people get really excited when these big shows are happening.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, how big is the independent wrestling scene in Alaska? I would imagine that WrestlePro Alaska has put a couple more, like, some more eyes on it than were there previously, but I, it's probably...
2: It's its own little territory, I would imagine. I mean, it's, honestly, it's barely even that. The only people who really are running consistently right now is the Nine Hundred Seven Pro Wrestling Academy, which is the school that kind of works with Russell Pro on those shows. So that's the only person who really runs regularly. Other than that, you know, it's just when Russell Pro comes in and does these bigger shows. Uh, so how does one even bust
1: into there with it being so small?
2: Um, Well, that's, the. I guess the crazy thing is when I started wrestling, there was only nine or 10 wrestlers in the whole state and no school or anything like that. And so when I got started, it was kind of just working with the existing wrestlers there and kind of, you know, getting started in training, but I had to leave the state to really train and start wrestling full time because I started for a few years and I was trying to like fly myself out of state for shows and that, you know, isn't super realistic and yeah exactly so expensive and um but now now it's really awesome that there are regular shows like the school runs monthly and then WrestlePro has been running at least three to four times a year
0: yeah and that that's a really cool thing and I definitely we want to get into the the uh it's a two-day tour that WrestlePro is, is about to embark upon in Alaska um but I'm curious first just like what was the experience with there being this minimal wrestling scene, like growing up or whenever you got into wrestling, like what what was it like to be a wrestling fan before you decided to go and try and make a career out of it?
2: Mm, I guess like WWE was originally before COVID, they were coming to Alaska every three years or so, but I never even got to go see them. Um, the town I live in is actually six hours from Anchorage. And so even when I was training and doing shows in the state, I had to drive six hours anytime I wanted to do that. And so everything's just so spread out. I think people like, obviously everyone knows Alaska is the biggest state, but I think people really underestimate just how big it is. And so it's, it's crazy. Like I definitely have turned and burned six hours just to go to training for one day. And I think that's something that most states don't have.
1: No, that's certainly something people in the Northeast take for granted. For real. Get in the car and your show is like maybe 45 minutes to an hour from your house. No uh, long haul drives like that. Wow, that's some serious commitment.
2: Yeah, and that's why I ended up going to Las Vegas and training with, well, mostly Symbodia FSW just because it was just, it's really hard to, consistently work and work on your skill when there is that big drive and all the time between shows and so at some point I just had to move because it wasn't it wasn't um, I don't know financially feasible but also just not enough ring time
0: yeah sure I mean even Las Vegas and, and it's uh, and Nevada in general it's it's definitely getting a little more visibility but it's kind of one of these underrated areas or territories that doesn't get as much shine and attention, but next to Alaska. And I mean, it must feel like, wow, there's so much going on here, right? Like you, you, you relocate and just in terms, and I don't mean like things to do and whatever. And uh, maybe you could talk about that too. I mean, being six hours out uh, away from Anchorage, but just in terms of like the wrestling there and the people who have kind of uh, settled in and they're doing it right? Like Mm -hmm. that's got to be a huge shift.
2: Yeah. I mean, even just being able to train a minimum five days a week was amazing. And like you said, the Las Vegas scene really is picking up. When I was living there, sometimes you would wrestle two shows a day. And so they have a lot going on that I think a lot of people don't know about. But you're right compared to Alaska, where maybe you get one show a month at the best one show a month. And going where you can wrestle, you know, four times in one weekend, it's complete change.
1: Yeah, I definitely relate to that. I I live on the eastern shore of Maryland. So to train, I would typically drive two and a half hours to Worldwide Dojo with cheeseburger and sumi. And I'd be like, oh, my God, two and a half hours one way, that's really rough. But when you can get that consistent ring time day in, day out. For weeks at a time is when you really start to see those improvements and you start to if things start to click into place and you start to make some big strides in your career so i totally understand wanting to move somewhere to be more central and get more training and more bang for your boss
0: i'm kind of curious how this all came about with WrestlePro pro because I, I i remember just even finding out that there were sort of two versions of it and you have the WrestlePro pro in new jersey which is a lot more local to where i am and then in alaska I mean, how did you become involved with this project in the first place?
2: So I didn't get involved, I want to say, until their second show. But Mm -hmm. Kevin Matthews, who's out of New Jersey and one of the WrestlePro owners, he, just from what he's told me, got a wild hair and was like, huh, I've never wrestled in Alaska. Doesn't (laughs) seem like there's much of a scene. I should put on a show there. And then that first show they did was wildly successful. And I met him because he put on... um, a seminar at the school huh. in Anchorage. And so I went to that seminar with him, met him, and then started working with him after that. And I think he just realized like how awesome Alaska wrestling fans are because they don't get wrestling, they're super appreciative. Right. And it's really funny. Like you'll have the fans um, who maybe it's their first wrestling show ever. And when people come from out of state, they're always so appreciative and surprised at how much the fans appreciate them just being there.
0: Oh, that's a pretty good position to be in um, as a worker because other times, I mean, there there are places where, I mean, I, I grew up in Philly, so you have some, the fans can be great sometimes, Off they can be around. aggressive Off other around. times. What's that? <laughs>
1: it's a tough crowd it is a tough crowd yeah you can wrestle anywhere i say that all the
0: time (laughs) like i think even worse sometimes than the uh you know being hard on you or or chatting nasty things at you like when you mess a move up or whatever it's i think there's got to be also like there's a lot of sitting on your hands like we've seen it all here like you're gonna you're gonna have to work harder than that to get a reaction out of us and it's um you know, it's, but on the other flip side of that, fans take for granted, like, oh, I've seen so much, try and impress me. And I'm like, well, that's not a particularly way to go about being a wrestling fan. And maybe all of us could stand to, to benefit from that in some way and and realize like, hey, some people like only get to see live wrestling every couple of years at best, you know? Um, Seems like they're just
1: along for the ride and just there for a good time. Yeah. So happy yeah. to see
0: you all do your thing. For sure. Well, can we talk a little bit about this two-day tour? So it's, uh, so I'm guessing two, uh, you refer to it as a tour before the call. So I'm guessing two different towns, right?
2: Yep. Um, so the first night is in Palmer, Alaska, which is like just under an hour outside of Anchorage. And that show is a lot of the local talent from the school. But then a few names like Sonny Kiss will be on that show and Scotty Too Hottie, And then actually a lot of people from the New Jersey Pro School as well. And so that will be September 30th in Palmer. And then the next night's the really big show. And that's will be in Anchorage. And that one has DDP on it. And that'll be phenomenal. Really looking forward to that. The acclaimed are coming up for that. Um, I'll be working to Neil Dashwood, which I'm really looking forward to. And so, I mean, that's the, The thing that I really appreciate about Kevin is with these shows, because there is so little wrestling, he doesn't have to bring in this many names, like these shows have to be so expensive to put on, but every time he always seems to find a way to outdo himself and put on a bigger show and always bring in, you know, current talent, you know, past talent from WWE and just put on the biggest show possible. And so I guess fans always appreciate that too, because there's always a big name. There's always current workers from you know big companies.
0: Yeah, that's good. There's a little something for everybody, if whether they watch a lot of wrestling or not, or maybe watched years ago. And um, it's good to try to to have that uh, like uh, cross appeal, I guess. Um, now, are you are you just on the second show as far as working? No, I'm much?
2: doing both. I'm in um I'm in a mixed tag the first night. Mm -hmm. um and i'm working some of the local people which is funny um i think it's i think it's me and then three other guys i'll have to look for sure and confirm i know card subject to change things always sure yeah you know but that's you were talking about the funny thing about being alaska uh being a wrestler from alaska is for the first two years i wrestled i exclusively wrestled men like sure i'm the only female wrestler out of the whole state and so It wasn't until I left the state that I started working women regularly. I think in my first two years of wrestling, I had less than less than 20 matches with women. And so it was just so different now. You know, I work primarily women, but I really came up just wrestling men.
0: Sure. And you're how tall are you exactly? I know you're you're six. Wow. Six one. Okay. So like
2: a real six
1: one.
0: Real six one. So like you're Towering, and I don't know if it's different up in Alaska. Maybe it's just people are taller. But I mean, certainly down around here, uh, you know, like you've got to be towering over just about anybody that you you wrestle in a lot of situations. So I, I mean, I don't know. Was the cr- did you find that the crowd really got behind you in those scenarios where you were wrestling guys in those early matches?
2: Yeah, I actually started as a heel trying wow. to wrestle men, and so that was honestly a huge challenge. I feel like especially with people who maybe aren't as regular wrestling fans. It's sometimes a hard sell with an intergender match and having a woman be the antagonist heel. And so that was a huge challenge for me. And I mean, I'm taller than a lot of the guys as well, but just the style of wrestling is different, right? When I wrestle women, I'm normally so much larger than them. But when I came up, I was, you know, comparably sized with most of the guys I was working and so, even everything about it was different.
0: That's really interesting. Kai, I feel like I'm hogging our guest a little bit here. No, you no, you're in. fine. I,
1: I sometimes like I'll just sit here and I'll just be so into what our guests are telling us. And I just I find it so fascinating because like your experience is so unlike anybody else who ever spoken to on this podcast. So it's just been really cool and neat to hear. I guess nobody has the same path in wrestling and right, but. Yours is so unique due to where you're from and how hard you had to work to seek out training, to seek out new opponents, to get your name out there in other places, and the hard work is really admirable. We should talk.
0: We should talk about too one of the places that hard work has led, um, because you're, a lot of your work as of late has been for OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, which. Uh, a lot of listeners would know as a long-time developmental tori- territory for WWF slash E and NTNA Impact, um, and which really has a lot of visibility between broadcasting on fight and on syndication throughout uh, the U.S. And, and outside of the U.S., as I understand it. Um, but could you talk a little bit about what it's like wrestling there? And I mean, you've been women's champion there. And you've faced a lot of different people and and been around some people who've, who've been who've been in the business for a long time, who have a great mind for it. Um that's a big question, but can you just talk a little bit about the OVW that you are currently competing for today and what it's been like?
2: Yeah, um I really, really have enjoyed being at OVW. I came here last summer um and I was only here a couple of weeks. And I had planned on moving to Kentucky, and then of course, as things have it, broke my collarbone, needed surgery, I flew back to Alaska to recover, and then I was like, you know what? No, I need to go back to Kentucky. So, I, as soon as I was well, I wasn't even fully cleared, but I left Alaska, and I was like, I have to go back just because, you're right. Like the the quality of training is so good, and I've I've been really blessed to train a lot of places, um, but I think working under Al Snow is very different than anyone I've ever worked for, because you'll hear people go up to him and ask like, about, oh, how was that move I did? And he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck about the move. Like, he doesn't care about that stuff at all. It's always the business of the match. And like, are you getting over? Are you getting over the intention of the match? And I don't think anyone I've ever worked for has stressed that so much. And so that psychology is completely different. And he has such a great mind for the business. Um, and so I've really loved working there. And then on top of that, this summer we were on tour and we were talking earlier about how beneficial it is to get so many reps in and wrestling. And this summer we were working some, some weeks, five days a week, four to five days a week, working fairs and all over. And so I just felt myself also improving when you're just wrestling that often. Like you can't, there's nothing to compare that to because he always talks about the old territory days when they would do that and that's how you improved you know wrestling five six seven times a week and so I really felt that like I'm honestly happy that we're having a little break because I was super tired and a little beat up by the end of it but it's amazing just to be able to wrestle that much and I don't think there's many places many independents where you can do that wrestle four to five days a week all summer.
0: No. And I mean, I, you know, like you said, good and bad about it. Cause you would get tired. Um, but Well, that's been like
1: day. rehabbing from an injury too. You know, it's oh, like, sure. that's yeah. when you really need the reps. it's like, I don't know like how long you were out with your collarbone, but I was just out like nine months with my shoulder, it's like well, getting back into it is like, Oh my goodness. Cause you can't do it all in one day, but you need those consistent reps. And you need that good guidance and good coaching to get you back to baseline. And the ability to work four or five times a week probably helps expedite your recovery a little bit versus sitting around waiting for
2: opportunities to get back in the ring. Well, and that's true. And that's always what Al says is like, when you are wrestling that much, you have to learn how to work. You really can't go kill yourself and do crazy moves five days in a row. Like you physically couldn't, you would get too beat up. But can you go over and can you get over with the crowd, excuse me, not having to do all that stuff? Like, how do you go get over with not doing the least amount possible, but without, you know, sacrificing your body every night? Like, do you need to do a dive every show? Maybe you don't. Can you still get over with the crowd? That's when you can work, right? Like we would sometimes, he also loves to rib us, but people would be in the ring and he would like call changes to their match in the middle of the match, you know? And then like, he made some people not even do full matches. He ribbed us one Uh, these two guys he ribbed them and said okay now your match is two out of three falls and then one of the falls was an arm wrestling competition just like random stuff just like throwing them in the fire and saying all right can you get over doing this and so a lot of that has been really fun too I
1: love the creative challenge of that. Um, My coaches do that as well. Sometimes they'll be like, "Okay, you got to have five minutes on the fly, and nobody can throw a closed line." And it's like, "Wow, okay," you know. And then you start to realize how much of the same stuff you do that's repetitive, and it really forces you to have creative problem solving in those sorts of situations.
0: I keep thinking too about this. I think it was uh, uh, Brian Alvarez and Lance Storm on like uh, not Observer Radio, but uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the show they do together. But they were talking about one of the challenges with NXT being, I mean, it's the reps, but it's also being where you have the NXT 2.0, and a lot of them are very new, and uh, you know, just out of training, and they can have really good choreographed matches when they're rehearsed and they know exactly what they're doing, and they, you know, they have their spots and they stick to it. But part of what was missing until pretty recently was that was the coconut loop, as it's called, like the touring around and getting in front of different crowds and having different kinds of matches and learning to adjust on the fly, because that's the kind of thing, by the time somebody was on TV years ago, they would already have that experience. Um, so I, I would think that that's probably another uh, shift in your your line of thinking, right? Like, But that could, that's something that could also be very useful to you in the future, like whatever you're looking to do. I know, I mean, for example, It's not exactly the same relationship as before, but there's still a connection with OVW and impact. And certainly that's a place where you could go and you have so many, uh, names that you could wrestle there. Is that something that you're intending to do in the future? Or are you just looking at where you are now?
2: Um, honestly, it's kind of tricky when I, when I first, very, very first started wrestling in Alaska, I honestly didn't have giant goals. I, I loved wrestling and I was just happy to find it in my state. If I'm very honest, you know what I mean? Like with sure, how yeah. little wrestling, the fact that it existed and I could even wrestle once a month. Great. Love it. And so my goals were very small and like they've been changing as I've been wrestling more, but even so um, I don't know, it's hard for me to know exactly what I want to do in the future, but I guess that the easiest way to kind of categorize it is just like, I love wrestling. Can I support myself financially and wrestle full time? That's my goal. I don't know what that looks like, but that's if I could do that, you know, for the next however many years, I would feel super accomplished.
0: Well, that's that's a great way to put it. I think that's how a lot of people look at it. And I mean, the great thing now is that there does seem to be a wider variety of ways that you can make a living as a a pro wrestler. Um, That's not to say it's easy or that you get rich quick, but it's, you know, it's not, hey, you have to be in WWE on TV at the top level to really make a living doing this. There are different ways you can be creative and as some of these different promotions like LVW uh, branch out and get more visibility and are are viewed in more places, there's more opportunity for the workers. I think that's a really great thing. Kaya, do you have anything else that you would like to ask our guests before we get into plugs and part ways here?
1: No, honestly, I'm just so impressed with your drive, like to recognize all the things you need to do to be successful. <laughs> literal drive of six hours each way. Literal, right? The literal drive of six hours, but also like the drive to just like keep pushing forward despite like not having the luxury of being born in like Chicago or Philadelphia or somewhere where there's tons of wrestling at your disposal, but making it happen for yourself is just really, really cool. And I hope that your story inspires tons of Mm -hmm. other girls to pursue professional wrestling.
2: Thank you. I really hope I hope it inspires some some fellow Alaskans. I would love to be the only female wrestler in the state. Fingers crossed. I did not
1: I did not realize you were the only female wrestler um or independent wrestler from Alaska, but that's pretty cool actually. That's like a cool title to hold.
2: Yeah. I mean yeah, cool, but also like when, when I was there, it was like, man, every once in a while it really would be nice to work a, you know, a woman every once in a while.
1: Some ladies, yeah. yeah. I totally get that. Um, my training experience was predominantly males for the most part as well. So once I moved back out to Washington, DC, and then soon I was running women's classes at Worldwide Dojo, I was like, Oh my god, there's so many there are enough girls to make a whole class. What is this? <laughs> You gotta get a whole women women's wrestling army from Alaska going on.
2: There you go, We awesome. can dream.
0: I think that particular name is taken though. A different one, it is. <laughs> not to be used.
1: <laughs> it is. Oh my goodness, it is. Breya yeah. is doing something totally special with that. I'm really excited to see where that We That's got nice. we got to make our rounds there, Breya.
2: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So, some tall girl energy there. Hmm. <laughs>
0: All right, Freya, well, what what would you like to plug and promote to the listeners, whether this is, you know, WrestlePro, OVW, your own socials, the floor is yours.
2: Thank you. Well, yeah, you can definitely check out those WrestlePro Alaska shows, September 30th and August 1st, and then you can always check out OVW. It's free, live on Fight TV every single Thursday. That starts 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I will be there the next three weeks and then have to go back to Alaska for a little bit, but um there's always a great show and so that you can watch and then it also gets posted on youtube so there's a lot a lot of different ways to watch not only me but ohio valley wrestling and definitely stay tuned i unfortunately can't talk about it yet but ovw has a some some really big things coming out this spring and so stay tuned now's now's a good time to start watching us
0: good i've I've heard some buzz about those things i think but we'll, we'll see what happens when it's actually announced
2: big excite
0: yeah Freya, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you.
0: That was really cool. Uh, I think I learned a lot about Freya as a person and a performer and kind of the experience of growing up watching wrestling in Alaska and just a really cool conversation. I I think you can tell when someone is really listening to the questions that you ask and, and processing them and... Uh, trying to take the conversation forward and that's not a given with wrestlers all the time that's a lot of people are that's not their their specialty and th- and that's fine that's that's our, on our job
1: is oh it's our absolutely job not my specialty I literally <laughs> think it and it comes out and sometimes it's a Same. hit and sometimes it's a miss but <laughs> it's generally like okay it's just sometimes it's more well thought out <laughs> times. but right. I did I did really appreciate that about her interview and I also really appreciate her drive, and I was sitting there for a moment, and I was like, man, I really sometimes take the accessibility we have on the East Coast for granted, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel kind of spoiled, honestly, Uh, all the things that I've, for that matter, just skipped over the years, because like, oh, that's an hour away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to be fair, I don't think I've ever worked a show that was like an hour away from my house in Maryland. I have always had to make some sort of drive,
0: Yeah, I mean, I... But not
1: not to the extent of leaving Alaska (laughs) for the Ohio Valley. (laughs)
0: Sure, yeah, that's... She's got a
1: seat on that, Kev.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk to another wrestler who traveled from Alaska to a place that you are very familiar with to learn quite literally the ropes. And who is that
1: guest? Uh, Dion Roosman, the iceberg. Let's go. All right. Well, Dion, I know that you are en route. We're currently in Alaska for the shows that are coming up for WrestlePro. So I appreciate you taking some time out of your very busy travel schedule to speak with us today. And speaking of that, how, how are you feeling about these shows? Are you excited? Are you excited to be back in your backyard?
3: I'm very excited to be back in my home, but I'm very sad that I still can't wrestle because of the injuries. So, But it's still, it's awesome to be here. Hopefully I can see more moose usually in the backyard, chilling. But it's really rainy these weeks. So it's real gloomy here right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, we can see some of the the scenery behind you. And I mean, it's uh, listeners won't get this uh, same. So, so I'll try and describe it. But I mean, it's very like what we would consider here. I'm in Pennsylvania kind Of, like, midwinter sky, like, slate gray. Some of the trees are losing their leaves, maybe, or perhaps those are just trees that don't have very uh, thick leaves to begin with. And, uh, you see, definitely
1: starting to do that. It's, it's already there, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. but I there's a lot to be excited about whether or not, uh, I think most people like like fall, but <laughs> but whether or not you do, um, We have these events coming up and, you know, they'll be upon us by the time this is released two days, you know, first off, like, just talk a little bit about how this came to be because Russell Pro exists in two States that are very far apart from one another. And these, and these events are not new. They've happened, you know, a few times before, but, uh, talk a little bit about the genesis of those and what led to these events
1: so it's it's a
3: semi-ish long story now that it's been like three three and a half years so i was a super green kid like went to black and brave out of alaska dropped everything and moved and i'm like a year or so in and i just come across a random poster it says um north of alaska or something for WrestlePro. I was like this is not a thing like wrestling does not exist in alaska what are you talking about and I look at the posters was like, Mick Foley is on this poster. Why? This isn't real. So I like hit up the promoters. I, uh, it's Kevin Matthews and Pat Buck. I religiously hit them up every single day on every fat platform of social media to the point where they should have just blocked me and hated me, but I got through to Kevin and they gave me a shot and they're like, yeah, come on up for a, um, a seminar with Sanjay Dutt like three months before their first show. And then, uh, If he likes you, we'll put you on the show. I was like, "All right, cool, I'll go home." Um, Before this, there was a there's a small wrestling company. I don't know if that one exists anymore. It ran like once every six months in Alaska, and I checked it out early before I went to Black and Brave. And I was like, "This isn't where I need to be if I want to make it, because I need to wrestle like every single day." Uh, So I I finally get through to Kevin. He hits me up. There's a plane flying overboard, so might might hear that. I don't know. I'll let it pass. So we get to the first show. Um, Kevin Matthews got a wild hair up his butt. I don't know if I can say cuss words Uh, to go on vacation to Alaska. And he loved it. And he runs Russell Pro in New Jersey. And he just randomly got the thought, I want to run a show in Alaska. And I was like, I'm going to annoy that crap out of you until you put me on your show. And it somehow worked. It'll work great. I wrestled Chris Masters, which was like, the most nervous match I ever had in my life at that point. Because, like, this guy used to be in the WWE. I am not going to do well at all. It was a ton of fun. I learned a lot. And through that, I told Kevin, I was like, dude, I will go to all your jersey shows. If you have any opportunity, I'll be there. And he's like, oh, word? Sure. Like, I flew myself to his shows, like, the first year, probably, just to make sure I had a spot. Uh, and they have a on-the-spot medallion, like, ladder match. And he just randomly put me in it. And it was, it's basically like a money in the bank type of feel. And that, uh, was in New Jersey. I speared Justin Carino off of a ladder from a turnbuckle and I won the match, which is freaking crazy. Uh, my sister surprisingly showed up, did not even tell me she was making the trip. She flew all the way to Jersey from Alaska to be there at the show. Um, the first show I went to for WrestlePro, Kevin actually doubled my pay because like twenty of my family members showed up, and so that was kind of funny. He's like, "This guy can freaking get me tickets, and he's all the way from Alaska." Uh, if you guys have met Kevin, he's he's a wild, crazy guy, but he's great. Uh, and it just snowballed—no pun intended, but every intention also—into uh, this great relationship where um, they allowed Kevin to help open up the Nelson Wrestling Academy, which is the now Alaska wrestling, uh, promotion here and they run monthly now. So it's freaking great. Uh, they always get a new group of kids in all the time. Uh, and it just kept snowballing and snowballing way bigger, way bigger. And we just keep Kevin comes in like two or three times a year with bigger shows. And that's they're doing, the, this weekend with the double shot, uh, one trip, we had a five show, uh, tour and that was wild we hit five different cities or towns in alaska because alaska is big but it's not big people wise uh but it's loads of it was, it was the greatest trip ever until the g broke down and i cracked its windshield and the insurance wouldn't cover it on my rental car but that was okay but it just kept spiraling snowballing all these stories all these great wrestling things to to tomorrow and the next day and sadly, I don't get to wrestle because I have two torn ACLs in the last year, uh, one each knee uh, surgery. And the most recent one was two months ago. Um, but with that ladder match, sorry, I talk all over the place. I took that to feud with Anthony Bowens, who's now he'll be here. So I get to see him. But we were feuding for a while. He was the WrestlePro gold champ. We we faced off many times. I never got my one on one chance with him. And then I ended up winning an interim belt and then I unified it and I was the champ. And then I tore ACLs. Again, I'm all over the place. I apologize. Uh, kind of just an Alaska thing. I guess uh, it definitely feels like a different country living here. Oh, that's the best example I can give to anybody. Uh, Killer cross. gave me that. He's like, yeah, it feels like you're in Europe. I was like, not. it's Alaska. Uh, sorry. I didn't know if there's a moose over there. Uh, and then, where was it? Oh, yeah, Boeing's. So we feud, we tagged together, and every time we would have our one on one that would finally happen, either he got hurt or I got hurt, and then he got signed. And now he's definitely signed, signed. Uh, and then I just kept doing the belt thing once I was the champ, but sadly, tore the ACLs. And it just spiraled into. I'm the champ. Technically, I'm still the champ for WrestlePro despite the the ACL injury. I'm trying to get back as soon as I can, but I don't want to injure anything else because I have 220 sales in the last year, but I'll be back better than ever. I'm already like 10 times better off than the first knee. Uh, I probably rambled off way more.
0: No, oh, it's, is- it's okay. I mean, I think this is it i always say if i had a nickel for every time someone was telling an anthony bowen story and then got distracted by a possible moose uh i'd have one nickel as a (laughs) freak but
1: But like a moose is a very large um intimidating animal like they're not small
3: no Mm -hmm. they're uh so last time i had a video i don't have it anymore my mom drives like a 2000 Ten Ford Escape, and there was like a three-year-old moose, and its back was higher than that car. That's how big they are.
1: Oh my and, goodness! It would just yeah. eat a human, literally, uh, just rip your head off.
3: Am I allowed to switch the camera angle, or no? Yeah, uh, go and, ahead. So this is oh, audio only. So a house, oh, right? So sorry for everyone can't see this, but there's a window. There's two windows in the first floor of that house. The window on the right, okay. we could literally open that window up and. There's the female moose. They're nicer. We had a female moose have babies like three times in the last 10 years over right here. Wow. We could really open up that window and she would run up and we could feed her carrots like a drive through window.
0: That's so cool.
3: But we don't have any of these videos because this all happened when we were kids and all we had were flip phones.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't just have uh, a camcorder handy to pick up. <laughs> So I'm I'm yeah. kind of curious. And we asked, you know, we talked to Shafreya the Slayer, for this as well, and you know, asked about you grew up in, in different parts of Alaska, but um, you know, this experience of being a wrestling fan growing up in a state where, you know, WWE tour, toured, or at least I guess still theoretically will tour. Um, but what is it like being a wrestling fan there? You know, like what's your path to that? And then how does that turn into, I want to go and do this myself? So
3: what got me into wrestling is that my dad turned on the TV and it was the rock and stone cold, just beating the crap out of each other. And my older brother who I wish he would actually wrestle, but he just, he didn't get the passion that I did because he'd be great at it too. be super athletic. He's like 17 months older he was the older brother. He got first dibs. So he got to choose the cool bad guys. So he chose Stone Cold. So I went with The Rock. And so The Rock's my favorite wrestler of all time. But now that I know the business, Stone Cold is really close to my heart also. Uh, So that just spiraled. We had the backyard fights. We were wrestling at school, all this stuff, just wrestling nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. I had no idea what the independents were. And then when I was just like in a a lost place here in Alaska. I did not know what I was going to do. I was like, all right, what am I going to do with my life? I love wrestling and I love working out. That's about it. How can I do this? So I was looking up all the schools, everywhere to go. And I come across Black and Brave. I was like, oh, the Shield is freaking cool. That's Seth Rollins. Let's see what's there. And I saved up money, made my way down there. And our opening class, uh, this is a kind of a funny story. We have another uh, trainer. His name is Merrick Brave. And they run three classes a year and mine was the January class in Davenport, Iowa. And it's their winter time there. Uh, and they don't let anyone in the doors until the start time. So I'm standing outside with like a half hour to spare at the window, just standing. And it's like negative 20 degrees. And I'm in shorts and just, a, just a freaking like, maybe a long sleeve. And I'm just standing there and he, he opens the door. He's like, you know, you can wait in your car. Like we don't want you to freeze. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. He's like, you must be the Billy bleep, bleep kid from Alaska I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so we got off to a really funny start. There. Uh, so they always joke about whenever it snows, it's my fault type of thing, which it's fine. I, I love the snow.
1: But, you know, you, yeah. you were mentioning that you're all over the place, but it seems like all of these roads that you've traveled have led you to where you're going now. And speaking of that, what was it like to just recognize you needed to get out of Alaska, have this training experience at Black and Brave, and then come back via WrestlePro as an established wrestler a little bit later?
3: So I got two, two points to break on that one because one of them was actually happened on the plane, which is kind of cool. Uh, but leaving Alaska was like the toughest decision ever because if you guys ever get the chance to visit, you're not going to want to leave. Like the environment's totally opposite of the lower 48. Uh, that's an Alaskans call the state's lower 48. I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, it's just, it's wildlife almost everywhere. Like my backyard looks like it's a freaking jungle, just in the last jungle. Uh, but it was scary. It was a freaking huge culture shock going to train. But then the two, the two really, really cool points of like becoming a wrestler and getting connected with WrestlePro. The first show that we ran with WrestlePro uh, when I wrestled Chris Masters, we ran in the same building that WWE would run, like, when I was a kid and went to watch when they came to town, like, every four or five years. So, like, I got to wrestle in that building. We only drew, like, 1,300 people or 1,400 people. That was still a lot for an independent show in Alaska, of all places. And I was just, I was, like, I, the second the match was over and I was behind the curtain, I just started, like, crying. I was, like, I just freaking, like, lived a dream and I'm not even, like, near or close to where I should be yet. And it was just wild that I got to work in the same building that WWE would run because that building is sadly no longer running. They turned it into a homeless shelter because it's pretty bad up here. Uh, but then the second point of that is that on my flight back here yesterday, uh, I, had, I had a whole row to myself for like five minutes. I was like, cool, we're good. And then there's this lady who gets the aisle next to me. Like, okay, that's still some space but she recognized me from the Alaska shows, and I was like, Oh my God, this is wild. Like, it's so weird being like, I know I'm just an independent wrestler, but I'm getting recognized for like a show that I'm not even in the state yet. And they're like, they're heading there for the show too. And I'm like, you're heading all the way to Alaska just to go watch the shows. Like, heck yeah. And then they were like, so they felt so bad that I didn't get to wrestle. They're like, well, you should be the champ. I'm like I'm still the champ. Don't worry. It was like, well, you should be wrestling. I was like, I didn't mean to get hurt. Uh it was it was just crazy. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm not even at the level I want to be at yet. And I'm still like getting noticed by like, like fans are like, oh my God, it's him. It's him. Or like, it's inspiring. Like I, I, my whole goal with wrestling is just to be the best role model, like positively as I can. Like, I don't want like the fame happens, but I don't even care for that. I don't want the money. I just want to like show people of all ages that you can do whatever you want to do in life if you just work. Then a small town, tiny ass town kid from Alaska can do it. Anyone else can too.
0: So I'm kind of curious, like you're traveling all this way. And we talked a little bit about what that travel looked like for you. And I mean, suffice to say, not, not, not a, a quick road trip. Um, and I mean, you just mentioned you were flying, but um, you, you're putting some real time into this. But, you know, sadly, as you said, unable to actually wrestle in the card apart from being, you know, home to see family and being at the show for moral support, like what, what's your role there? Like, what uh, uh, are you, I don't want to say, what are you contributing? Like, hey, what are you doing for this show? (laughs) But, but also Uh, in a way, like, I mean, you're coming home and I mean, I've got to think that you have, uh, you know, not being the promoter, but that your, your, your fingerprints are on this in some way.
3: I always try to be involved in, all aspects of it of wrestling that i can be not like even outside like my match or my story like if mm-hmm. i could be a producer as well i would love to do that right uh so i'm always like like i'll hit up kevin or uh, once i get there i'll be like hey can i help out here Oh, can i help them put their match together they uh, can i be here can i agent this uh, set up this, set up that, like, I want to be involved in like all of it. Like my mind, like the wrestling psychology is my favorite part of wrestling, but it's just like wild. Like, um, the last show that I was at it was, like last winter here in Alaska, we had a small show and I was like, Hey, do you mind if I help them? Cause I, I love six man tag matches. They're, they're so mindfully hard to put together and make sense, but I love it because it's, like, the hardest puzzle ever. Uh, so I'm like, Kevin, hey, can I help with this match? Can I can I coach these guys up, see what they can do? Uh, sure, go ahead. And, uh, it was a mix of WrestlePro guys and the, the uh, 907 wrestling kids. And as a conglomerate, they freaking did great. Like, I love to, like, coach but not be a hard coach. I want them to, like – I want them to make – know that they're like saying it i just want to give them the edge to like oh i know what they're doing like give them that confidence and i talked to like my friends and my family that were all at the show and i was like hey what was your guys favorite match and they're like oh it was that six-man match it was crazy it was like like i get like goosebumps and like happiness and i was like oh yes i can still like contribute wrestling wise even if i'm not getting to wrestle and then of course always hopefully getting to go out and like talk to all my my family and friends that come out to the shows like go open the show or just give a promo and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm hurt, but I love you guys. And I thank you for all the support. Like just being able to be a part of any part of it makes my day.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say one of the things that I've always appreciated that you've done for me, and I'm sure many other students and graduates at Black and Brave, is if someone has an idea for a spot or we're at a creative impasse and we can't figure out what to do, like the way your wrestle brain works is just so valuable. And I've always been so grateful for all the help you've extended me. I just think it's so cool. It's like your thinking is on a different level. And it's really neat that you still want to stay involved, even though you're on the shelf, because so many people just camp out in their house and don't do anything for nine months. They just sit there but you're making an effort. You're still going on this tour. You're putting your face around, you're helping support and build up the people around you. And that's just so admirable.
3: I mean, yeah, you've seen it firsthand at Black and Brave. Like
1: I yell at the kids for their spots. and
3: I'm like, no, like it doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. And I'm like, I don't yell at you, but like I helped you and I enjoy helping (laughs) you guys. Uh, I haven't had to yell at you yet. Just kidding. Um, It's coming. Oh no. No, none we of, them, none of month us left perfect. to get it in. As long as we make it fun and make it make sense, it's what I love about the the art and the sport of professional wrestling. It's like,
0: PWI, like by the way. Me, you can, you can say the sport; you don't have to qualify it if it's PWI. Oh, Just say it. it's a sport. <laughs> it,
3: it is a sport. Wheelchair. I've it got is. two blown out because of this. Absolutely. Uh But, like, that's, like, my – again, on the psychology part, like, putting things together. Like, I treat wrestling as puzzles, like, whether they're jigsaw puzzles or just normal puzzles. Like, depending on the match, like, there's so many pieces to it, and there's only one right way to get it. And sometimes it takes forever to find that one right way to find it, Uh, whether that be calling it before calling it on the fly, which I prefer both ways. But, like, it's it's just fun puzzles. I don't – that's – weird to like compare wrestling and puzzles but to me that's what it is
0: Hmm. no i
1: I really like uh, you have all these pieces i'm sorry (laughs) no no it's
0: okay i just i I was just going to comment that um it's not jigsaw puzzles but the pwi's parent company kappa publishing of many years also does puzzle (laughs) books so yeah it's all about figuring things out cheap
1: well, yeah, like I was going to say, the more like puzzle pieces you can acquire, the more interesting you can make things, right? And that's always been something that has been a big draw to me in wrestling is like, oh, how do I put all these little things together in an order that's going to be really cool and tell a cool story? And like the more resources you have at your disposal, the more fun it is. It's like mad science.
3: Mm-hmm. It, it basically is. I was like, and that's like the best part of it. Like that makes it more fun to me and makes it feel natural because it's like what I am and what I like to do. Like you still see a lot of people out there that are like playing wrestler that don't like a hundred percent feel it. And I'm like, how? This is the coolest thing on earth. How can you just play it? This is just like living the dream no matter what level you're on. Like you see me get pissed, you know. (laughs) <laughs> she she knows firsthand i roll in that ring gimped as i am and with two blown enemies. oh my god i got
1: so mad at you i was like what are you doing please your knees <laughs> wow
0: that's how
3: i am even my mom's yelling at me she's like don't go to the gym so much it's like i've been cleared to do this it's fine
0: sure
1: yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about this at the gym. Like, I was what two weeks off of shoulder surgery in the abduction sling, like on the bike because I was so bored sitting in the house. And then I would like hold a PVC pipe and like do walking lunges, so I would like fall over because I was so off balance. But I just could not sit still any longer. So I totally get where you're coming from with that, and I I support it to an extent. Just be careful.
0: <laughs> wow, the two of you are making me feel very lazy. Uh, <laughs>
1: We're well, maybe, different out here at uh, Black <laughs> and
0: Brave, I suppose. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: So if you
0: could compare, you know, with the with the whole being, uh, you know, wrestling in Alaska. And I mean, we heard a little bit of this from Freya about how, you know, there's not nearly as much wrestling around. So generally fans are, we'll just start off by saying appreciative. I don't want to give, uh, you know, too much away here. But how would you compare wrestling in front of, you know, we'll say your hometown fans or, or just Alaskan wrestling fans in general um, versus New Jersey or anywhere else, you know, in the Midwest, anywhere else you're going to compete, like what, what are the differences? What are the similarities?
3: Uh, The differences is that most of these Alaska fans, A, have not seen you perform or B, have not seen much wrestling at all. Because like I said, when I when I lived here, I had no idea what independent wrestling was. I was humbled so quickly when I came to Black and Brave. I was like, holy crap. There's so many wrestling everywhere. It wasn't just like the big three or four. It's like, it's everywhere. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing and scary at the same time. But uh, Alaska fans, they they just like entertainment and action. They're... They're not going to understand. They they love the action, but if a match goes for like 60 minutes and it's just like a one-on-one, they're not going to understand. They're like, holy crap, what's going on? Like, this is, the why is it taking them so long? They like, like hot, freaking quick fire action. It's, it's wild. And they love it when you talk crap to them because where I grew up, we called ourselves Valley Trash. Like, that's what we do. And that, that's not even an insult to us. Like, it's just what we do. Uh, I don't even know what it means, but we're just like, yeah, we're part of the Valley Trash. It's wherever, uh, but and then Jersey, you have it's like it's anywhere in the lower 48. Like they know wrestling when they're at that show, they know what they want to see. They're they like know like oh god, they like know when to cheer, how to cheer. Wrestle Alaska, they're like, what the heck's going? On? Oh my god, that's fucked. They're like all over the place. Um, a fan almost tried to fight my dad one show. That was kind of hilarious. I, the dude was a little drunk, but I was like, do I need to like get out during halfway through this match and go teach this guy a lesson too? Uh, but it was it was really funny. Uh but similarities, they just freaking they love it. They just love that any any entertainment or sport that comes out of state, like Alaska's very local and homegrown. Like it's hard to ship stuff here, like everything's super expensive. It sucks. Uh, but so when something comes out of town, they're so appreciative of it, so they're not gonna like boo you or tell you you suck. They're like, dude, thank you for coming out, that was the coolest thing we've seen in such a long time. Or, we can't believe you left Alaska and they came back, like, you're just giving back so much. Like, like they're so nice here. Like, for a wrestling show, they know when to like they they know when someone's talking crap, They're they're gonna boo you, but they're having fun when they're booing you. It's great, like. It's nothing like you'll ever experiment or experience, in my opinion. Alaska wrestling is like the coolest top notch wrestling.
0: Well, we have these two shows coming up, um, and hopefully, uh, at least one of them will eventually be streaming on Fight TV. If I mean, if anybody hears this, you know, in time to attend. Could you just give a little bit of information about the shows themselves, when and where they're taking place?
3: Yes. So the first show, which is tomorrow night, uh, it's a main showcase of the 907 School, but a mix of the WrestlePro guys. Um, it'll be taking place in Palmer, Alaska. If it's streamed, that one's probably going to be streamed on Facebook. Um, it might be streamed as well on uh, Fight. We have we usually have the GoPro guys come up, this which is
0: the- yeah, they're great. We had them on the, the show a while back. But the, so the, this is the 30th, the show you're talking about. Yes. The, yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, so that, that'll that be the first show. I believe Scotty Tuhati is appearing on both nights. And I love Scotty. I met him. He was my my agent when I had a tryout a couple years ago. He's a super nice guy. Uh, he actually messaged me for like tip on Alaska. Because crazy, crazy. he's visited twice now. Uh, but now he finally gets to wrestle in Alaska. Uh, he'll be there both nights. Uh, Jay Lethal is coming to town. Uh, Orange Cassidy, the acclaimed. Like, this is going to be a crazy night, too. Um, And it caps off with a special appearance by uh, the one and only Diamond Dallas Page. It's going to be wild. And I'm so jealous that I don't get a wrestle. Like, I'm going to be crawling at everyone's skin to see if I can just be out there with them in some form of another. It's gonna be why I know. Night two should be on Fight TV. It's gonna be a great night. Awesome, and that's so promote wise. the The second night is WrestlePro Pro Alaska, not just WrestlePro. Pro. It's WrestlePro Pro Alaska.
0: Got it. And and that's a pretty awesome thing to have these uh, two related brands in different, you know, very different parts of the country. I mean, it's it's like when you occasionally see like a. You know, a chain rest—not a chain restaurant, but like a store that has two locations. And then sometimes it's like there's one in Pennsylvania and there's one in Arizona. I don't know right. why that happens, but it's probably a similar thing. Like, hey, this person went here and saw there was an opening for this. Oh yeah. Um, but very cool to see it exist both both places places. Uh, nonetheless, I don't know if anyone else has even noticed that phenomenon that I'm talking about with the two uh, locations of something. And only two in very different parts of the there country. Definitely
3: but. stores here in Alaska that I only thought existed here. And then when I got down to some of the states, it's like, well, look at that. I thought that store was only in Alaska. I can't remember the name of it right now, but there's a couple. I was like, they are companies you wouldn't be anywhere but Alaska.
1: And I'm like, how is that here? Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, it's hilarious. Yeah. The That's- first one that comes to my mind with that is like Wawa, how it's like all over the place in Pennsylvania. And then like a couple in Maryland, a couple in Delaware, and then it disappears. And then you get to Florida and it's everywhere again. So there's like no Wawa between like yeah. Maryland and Florida. But like well, it's I, it's, just like I mean Midwest. it works for some reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can field the Wawa one actually. I work I worked at Wawa through uh through college. And I think the logic behind that, a lot of people uh from Pennsylvania when they retire or get, I mean usually retirement age, but I guess if they can afford it earlier, they would have like a summer place down in Florida. Um, But in particular, they like to do that because there's like, uh, I mean, all spring training or most spring training, I guess, is down there, but people get used to taking those, those trips to see the Phillies play their, uh, their preseason games or any number of other activities that you would take the quick two hour flight to like Orlando for. Um, and Clearwater in the cases, Clearwater, wow, the Philly really came out there <laughs> in the case of the Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, but this created essentially like a satellite Philadelphia population down in Florida. And then uh, Wawa had a built-in audience and they saw that there was a demand for it. That That's my understanding of how that happened. We're very off topic here. <laughs>
3: oh, Wawa's great. I've only been one time, but it was literally like I was in a candy store. Like I oh, bought like the, to go like Red Wawa bag and and everything like I loaded it up. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool! I finally got to go to a Wawa. <laughs> I
1: feel like wrestlers are like really into like gas stations. Like, what is the local the, like but... gas gas station in Alaska? Like, what would be like the Wawa or the Casey? Ah, so, uh,
3: so the names of them are like different. Like we have these like Knick stores that they just sound weird, but. The coolest one. And if I go on this road trip on Monday, I will send a video to you guys. It's literally right it's on the way to Seward, Alaska. And it's, a, it's like one of our biggest gas stations. But you're literally, if you go like 20 feet past the road, you're freaking on the ocean and you can like see whales breaching at some times of the year. It's oh freaking great. So I'll see if I can. It's only like two hours away. I'm probably going to make that trip. That's
1: a awesome. gas station with like whale watching. That's incredible.
3: It's like the high-end of all high-end gas stations. That's what you get when you come to Alaska. <laughs>
1: well,
0: that's a great sales pitch.
1: Yeah, people thought Bucky's was cool. Wait until so you go to Alaska and you can watch whales at the gas station.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we really appreciate you coming by here, Dion, and doing this and talking to us about this show and and your experiences growing up as a wrestling fan and and going on the, you know apply the trade yourself. Um, we want to give you a chance to plug anything else you want to plug. But before we do that, Kaya, do you have anything else to ask our guests before we part ways here?
1: No, I think I'm pretty good. Um, I really appreciated the insight. I, I feel like in these interviews, both of you and Braya, I've learned so much about Alaska, how wrestling's kind of becoming a thing up there, how it wasn't there when you guys were younger and, and everything you're doing to give back to that community, which is really, really cool and inspirational. So, yeah, it's awesome
3: five-year-old me never would have thought that i'd be one of the reasons why a lot wrestling is in alaska and it's it's so crazy it's such a small thing but it's such a huge thing at the same time uh and then as plug wise if you guys want to follow or check on like right now i'm i'm on the injured reserve list uh but all my social medias are just dion rusman um pretty easy to find i'm a chill guy if you want to talk to um alaskans are way too nice sometimes that's what i've been told
1: All right. I can see it. I um. I remember like one day when I was here, you just told me you're like, I just want to be the nice person here. (laughs) Right. The nice bird. You you are the nice guy. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: That was great. I liked not just the content of that interview on an audio level, but the the visuals that we were able to see. Sometimes I think, um, it would complicate things to have this be a a visual podcast but I wish all the listeners could have seen the background and like the
1: the special heaven. guest moose <laughs> yeah.
0: or maybe not we're not sure
1: the maybe moose I feel yeah. like I would want to know if a moose was around because it <laughs> seems like a a moose could like do some serious damage to you <laughs> oh yeah yeah
0: because I, I actually i was on the call with Dion a, f- a few minutes before you got on and, and he warned me hey if i like get up and abruptly like run somewhere else it's because <laughs> there's a moose and if there's a baby moose nearby like watch out they can um yeah. So I like
1: how that's where he draws the line. Dion's very like a dominant, a dominant, strong personality in the ring Like never would back down from any challenge. But he sees a moose and he's like, I'm out. Like, well, nobody's taking a moose. <laughs> nobody's like, taking on a moose.
0: <laughs> like there's that story about, was it? All Bruno Samart-
1: Black and Brave still won't prepare you to take on a moose. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say there's that story that probably apocryphal story about, I think it was Bruno San Martino and maybe Iron Sheik fighting off like, 12 football players backstage or something at some show or i i'm sure i'm fudging some of the details that was a good notre dame fighting irish impression you just did right there the mascot with the put Ooh. up your dukes um, tiny
1: boxer yeah
0: that's a lesser known elton john song tiny boxer or a, a uh,
1: bunny adam rose's bunny
0: oh god oh. <laughs> <laughs> can't mention that guy jeez all right but it's, but what i was going to say is i bruno San Martino, if he could beat up 12 football players or whatever it was probably still wouldn't have messed with the moose so that's not a sign of weakness (laughs) um one thing we should bring up and and you mentioned it after after we wrapped up the interview itself um there was something we didn't ask dion about and an achievement that he had recently it was very cool
1: yeah, especially with, um, obviously, it's a PWI 500 season, but I've always really appreciated that Reg puts out the BWI 500 that highlights black wrestlers and the impacts that they're making in our industry. And Dion was actually ranked 138 this year on a list of 500, so he's definitely moving up the ranks quite quickly, and I'm really looking forward to see where it goes for him when he returns from his ACL um, rehab.
0: Totally. Two, two ACLs, and I mean, just still has done enough to be on that that list and in that position and if anyone wants to check out the the black Wrestlers 500 uh you can i think still find the entire list on reg's twitter profiles or do you say it facebook I don't pin know.
1: tweet it is a okay. pin tweet on twitter please go check it out and support all the wonderful black wrestlers in our community
0: and that's at righteous reg all right. I think everybody is ready to go book a flight to Alaska just based on the conversations we've had with the the lovely people we spoke with. But before we let them go do that, Kaiat, is there anything in particular that you would like to plug this week?
1: Uh-huh. Okay, what is coming up for me this week? I am still just focusing on my rehab for the most part, taking a couple of bookings here and there. The Grand Doll Wrestling From Dusk Till Gone show on October 22nd is still going to be my most upcoming booking that you can attend. Please come out, it's going to be great. I'm having a three way match with Blair Onyx and Neil Dashwood. So, lots nice. of challenges. Uh, one, one familiar opponent, one completely new opponent. It's a great comeback match. I mean, a triple threat's always a unique challenge, and I'm really, really excited for it. So please, please come watch it. Um, I think the streaming details are still being ironed out, but when they become available, I will certainly provide them to you here as well as my social media. And you can find me on all platforms at Kaya MCK. So K-A-I-A-M-C-K.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Kaya, for doing this. This is a lot of fun. As always, would encourage the listeners to check out pwi-online.com we've got the pwi 500 issue up for order and i believe you can still uh, make the cutoff if you want to subscribe to the print edition of the magazine for the women's 150 issue that uh, goes to press next week wow um but nine issues um, one year subscription 35 dollars as of right now but you know you don't want to sleep on that because everything's more expensive these days and right now will be a great time to take advantage of that okay that was the hard sell kaya anything else to add because that was a like lousy sign off
1: nope i'm ready for this next week of wrestling actually you know and it's not independent wrestling but i am really excited for extreme rules. So I think I'm just going to take this weekend, or well that's next weekend but uh, just take that weekend and enjoy some pro wrestling because at the end of the day I think we should all enjoy pro wrestling well